This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolet. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Hey, everyone. Welcome to Tim Foyle Tales. I'm Sauce. Welcome. I'm Sandy. Today, we're going to start with an update on the Mandela of the movement, the patron saint of Paki, Monica Smith. She just won't stop with her plan to take down the globalists. We are up to step 22. I mean, 22 (laughs) steps and counting. I do think this step is the one though. This is the one that is going to bring it down like a house of cards. Step 22 is to make a local event for her global We Are Ready event happening on the 20th of May. Look out, globalist, it's over. You are going down one morning tea at a time. <laughs> Can you believe she was saying, like, even if you don't have an event, just say you have an event? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just because there it. might be other people in your area, like, who also want to get involved, and then they'll know there's someone else in their area that thinks the same way as them. Uh, of course. <laughs> they're, just, they're just everywhere. They just have to find each other. <laughs> this makes me laugh. She also did take the advantage of Step 22 to do a little bit more data harvesting. She said that her website has had a facelift and that requires you to enter even more of your personal details. (laughs) Oh, and also you can buy a t-shirt if you want. Of course. (laughs) I I love the tagline that goes with her global walkout. It's, they can't ignore us. Oh, Monica. (laughs) She's also pretty happy that they were able to stop Cairns becoming a cashless city. This is one that Tricky has been banging on about too, except it wasn't Cairns City. It was the local council who were trying to move to no cash at libraries, swimming pools and other council buildings. But we should say that cash should always be available as payment. Definitely. But I thought it was the city of Cairns. (laughs) like because they just get and then I had a look and I'm like hang on it's like the swimming pool they just don't want people coming in with cash but anyway Uh, um I don't know look she's everywhere at the moment it's almost like she knows that she is completely irrelevant and is now just throwing mud at everything and hoping that something sticks I mean when you're at the stage of creating new groups and then insisting that you just came across them then you know she's trying just a little bit too hard. But we'll talk more about that group later. And then we have that image that you shared, Sauce. It looked like the poster for a (laughs) horror movie, Monzilla. (laughs) Why the hell was she so big compared to everyone else? And what the hell was she singing? I don't know, but those kids could not get away fast enough. But I'm not they sure they were running away. They were running as fast <laughs> as their tiny legs could take them. But I had a really close look, and I'm not sure if they were running from her singing or what looked like it was either an explosion 
or a fight <laughs> between the Jedi and Senator Palpatine that was happening up in the sky. <laughs> and then we have a highly militarised police force standing on the steps of Parliament with a bunch of blokes that appear to all be zapping them with their laser fingers. <laughs> There's Aussie flags, red and blue, but the Union Jack is in the wrong corner, so they are back to front. And, of course, where would Mon Mon be without Rucksack and Tiny Arvey? Well, you know, that's how you could tell that it was very much an artist's impression. Avi was so much bigger than all those kids. <laughs> and is Monica wearing those gloves? Oh, those bloody gloves. The gloves are coming on. Them locking us out of a council meeting is a win. Is a win for us because it's enabled us to set up a whole lot of other stuff that's taking place. Okay? Having your local council member email you back and ask for some information, that's a win. Okay? Having your local council, uh, local mayor shut down a meeting and backtail, that's a win. All these little wins, focus on them. Because there's a saying, if you focus on the process, the result will take care of itself. Too many of us are focused on the result. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And we get disillusioned. If you focus on the process and just get the process right, the result will take care of itself. And part of that process is coming to these things, getting to your local council meetings. What? You can't invest. And I know you guys know this. Please don't take this the wrong way. You can't invest two hours every fortnight to come to a local council meeting to pack it out, to show them that you're not going to stand for this anymore. That's one of the messages. Invest in it. Keep turning up. Keep putting the information out there. Attend your local community group meetings, wherever they are, whoever they're with, and keep grinding away. Focus on the process and it will eventually happen. Let's talk about Monash Council. So we headed down there to observe a little bit and just see who was there really from the freedom movement, see if we could see any familiar faces. It was a sea of familiar faces, people from weekly protests, with online platforms, live streamers, and even Zippy made an appearance. He was in his element. They were swarming around him, and he was doing his best impersonation of a statesman. I mean, it wasn't great, but I'm sure it was his best. He stood right next to us before we went in, and the comment for me was when he said, lefty people are not jobs. <laughs> oh. The comments being slung around that night were a lot worse than that as the night disintegrated into absolute madness. Sauce, you ever see 50 adults chuck a tantrum before that night? Uh, look, we'll get into it, but it, it was worse than I even thought it was going to be. But let's discuss what's been happening in Victoria and where this all began. We've been watching the weekly protesters in Melbourne pretty closely the last three years. And when the mandates lifted and the Monikers and Morgans of the protest world packed up their politicians, the protest movement became pretty much obsolete. There was a bit of a vacuum in leadership that needed filling and so a new crop was born and one of the people leading these marches is Randall. Randall used to do an independent alternative media show with Julia Starr and they called it R&J Insight. But now it's just Insight and Julia runs it on her own. One of their main obsessions going back at least a year ago was drag queens. 
They filmed themselves attending last year's Drag Expo, giving funny looks to the camera whenever a drag queen was handed a baby by the baby's parents, and then snickering at red shoes being sold nearby. For those who are not in the know, conspiracy theorists believe that red shoes signifies pedophilia. During satanic ritual abuse, the blood is supposedly meant to run down onto their shoes, so they wear red shoes to disguise the blood. Randall and Julia tried to interview people inside the expo, but were acting totally sus and were asked to leave. Their other obsession? Kids. Julia has been entertaining the likes of poor Robert Burton and his stories of sex trafficking rings run by Child Protective Services, and Rachel Vaughan, who claims to be uncovering tunnels underground. These two are a whole other story, but you get the idea where this is going. The freedom movement has officially clashed with the satanic ritual abuse and the Save the Children factions, and our freedom warriors are out on a mission. Yeah. Julia sat through a drag queen storytime sing-along at the Victorian Pride Centre, and this woman who claims to have been protecting kids was sitting there filming other people's children without their permission. She waited for the last 10 minutes and then interrupted the event stating that she didn't think drag queens were suitable for kids and was promptly chucked out by the parents. It was a great, great to see. It was really good. It was they good. Did excellent. And when Bunjil Place advertised they were hosting a five-week drag workshop for teens, Randall, My Place, and Pastor Paul Farlong and his congregation got together and applied pressure to the venue to cancel, and they did. So we have Randall, My Place groups, Pastor Paul's church group, and are we all getting a better understanding of what's going on here? There are a lot of questions going around of people asking, why does a drag queen need to read in front of kids? Well, to put it simply, it's a job option for them, a gig. Drag queens are self-employed performers and get booked by venues for the work they do, just like magicians. Magicians run magic shows for kids and adults and curate their performances depending on their audience. Drag Queen Story Hour is fairly new, starting in 2015, but if you're also wondering why it feels like they are everywhere at the moment, that's because they are. People love it, and the idea has taken off. But I wanted to take a bit of a look at where the idea came from to get a bit more of an understanding, and honestly, I think more people could use a bit more understanding. Drag Queen Story Hour was born out of San Francisco in 2015 with the idea coming from queer writer and artist Michelle T and brought to being by queer novelists and writers who wanted to bring together children, the love of books and reading and the queer community that they belong to. Michelle came up with the concept when she took her toddler to a storytime session at her library and enjoyed it but felt it was heteronormative and didn't include queer families and people like her which is something she wanted to provide for her child. So the idea was to provide a service for rainbow families and allies by bringing in a drag queen to read children books specifically curated to the young audience with a theme around identity and inclusivity. Look, it's gained popularity not just in the States, all over the world. Like you say, Sandy, people love this. They do. They do. That's why, that's why it exists. Rainbow families exist in our community and this service was always intended for them. Rainbow families are families who have LGBTQIA plus family members. This may be a trans parent, a gay parents, queer auntie or uncle, and 
hetero stories just don't resonate with them and their realities. But of course, as we all know, the gay and lesbian and queer community have a history of not being accepted and people pushing back against them. And while there has been great progress due to activism and changing public sentiment around this, there are still subsections of our communities who, for whatever reason, be it religious or spending too much time on the internet reading memes and pretty much an older generation who still carry old school beliefs. We see that a lot, hey, Sos? Mm-hmm. It is these groups who continue to give the LGBTQIA plus a really hard time, calling for cancellation of events tailored towards them and spreading misinformation about this group in a disturbing and unfair way. I mean, we've seen the accusations that P is included in the acronyms for pedophilia, which just isn't fucking true. (laughs) Sorry, but no one accepts pedophilia and lumping the LGBTQIA plus in with pedophiles is just beyond comprehension. It's nasty and it's hateful. Netflix have a film out right now called Pray Away and I I recommend everyone watch it. The slippery slope trope was used against gay people back then too. Its renewed focus is now on trans people through drag queens. You don't have to be trans to be a drag queen, by the way. Anyone can. It's a form of expression. This whole moral panic surrounding drag queens is homophobia and transphobia that never really fully went away, and it's now been repackaged. One of the most disturbing parts of this also is the fact that neo-Nazis have jumped on the bandwagon too, having shown up at a LGBTQIA plus family event in Mooney Ponds in October last year, and Proud Boys showing up at a cancelled event at the Pride Centre in November. Yeah. Yeah. Now they all have something in common with each other. And as we've said before, I'm sorry, but if your views are aligning with Nazis, take a look in a mirror. This hate has been spread all the way from America around the globe and is landing here in Australia too, within the freedom movement, group to group, from the People's Revolution in Queensland to my place in Victoria and beyond. So let's go back to Monash Council. A council that is not backing down on their support to support Drag Queen Story Hour at the library on May the 19th. Despite what they say are the many, many threats at attempts at harassing them and forcing them to do so. The protesters' email and phone call harassment campaign failed here and our freedom warriors are just not happy. But there is a My Place group in Oakley who had been attending councils for many months prior to this, submitting questions and pushing back against 15-minute cities. Gosh, I just want to go back to 15-minute cities. Remember the ABC segment by Emily Baker? Monash Council also had a My Place group attending there, but overall, this appeared to be a smaller group and quite polite in the way they conducted business with the council, as opposed to scenes that we had seen at Yarra Ranges and Frankston or Cessnock. And they too were about to be surprised when a group called Voice for Kids, assisted along with Monica Smith and Reignite Democracy Australia, decided to set their eyes on the Monash Council due to the fact that Oakley just happened to be where a drag queen story hour was being hosted. My Place Oakley were expressing their disdain at feeling like maybe the professional protesters were going to cast them in a bad light too that could potentially affect their opportunities to speak to council in the future. Yeah, look, I've got some thoughts here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Give us your thoughts, thoughts. Sus. It's great. (laughs) 
Firstly, I'm going to call Monica a seagull. A seagull? Who has swooped in and tried to get some of the chips that she can see lying on the beach. Right. She got involved in this two weeks ago. I think she has 100% seen an opportunity here to wedge herself back into relevance. This is right up her street. Yeah, we know that Monica has certain views. She's very religious. You know, she was a journalist for a Catholic newspaper before she became the patron saint of Paki. So I definitely think that she saw an opportunity. I definitely think that she will have spurred maybe some people on who weren't going to go or maybe didn't even know about it. Yeah. But my place and Randall in particular, they've been working on this Monash Council <laughs> for weeks. And the drag queen thing for them has not been new. Weeks and weeks and weeks. I was very perplexed watching Carl Bogli earlier today and Darren on there going great lengths to say he had nothing to do with this, even though he did admit to going there before the meeting started to rally the troops a little bit and have a chat with them. No, then, wasn't that afterwards? No, no, then he left and then he came back afterwards. Oh, wow, okay, um, yeah. You know, this wasn't us. I just don't believe that for one second. Yeah. I think it. that they know that maybe it's gotten away from them a little bit. And they just don't want any more negative press. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I think I think they're very concerned ab- about the, the press that they've been getting lately. And I think that they are quite happy with people from within their groups to organize it because then they can kind of arm's length it a little bit and go, oh, no, 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 it wasn't us. Even though Randall is in all the groups. He goes yeah, to a lot of groups. Few. He goes to a lot of meetings. He walks around the street every Saturday handing out leaflets to people. And he does appear to be driving this path. Oh, this seems to be absolutely. his project. Absolutely, this is yeah. his project. And Monica gathered up her mates, though. She managed to get Zippy, well, that we call him Zippy, but he, that's Babette, Ralph Babette. <laughs> Arvi, little tiny Arvi. He really is small. He really is small. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I have. I've seen. It's him. True. <laughs> I haven't actually like seen him in the person up close. And I was at the. I was like looking. I'm going. There was a little teenage. There was a teenage boy that was like towering over the top of him. Anyway, um, look. There, there was real Rukshan, Jaina Gerritan. Remember her? She ran for as mm-hmm. an independent. And yeah, then a flyer went out, and the protesters. They turned up. There was a fair few of the um, Saturday walking club. Yes. Yeah, they there. were all there. Yep, they were all there. And they had their phones out with all their lives going. Yes, 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 they were all there. But, yeah, that's how we knew what this was really going mm-hmm. to be all about. You could kind of feel bad for my place, Oakley, for having their council meeting hijacked. But by the end of it, I couldn't tell who were my place members and who were the Voice for Kids protesters as they were all going off by the end. <laughs> Correct. But, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community were not just standing idly by no. while their event was being targeted. They no had way. locals there who also wanted to submit questions, and they did, flanked with a dozen or so supporters from their own community. And for a protest group just wanted to be heard they were not happy or willing to hear those questions submitted oh hell no 
together and there's an opportunity for the first three uh, question submitters to ask their question and a response to all the questions will be provided at the end uh, and just to emphasize again each question submitter will receive an individual resp written response following this meeting so the first question is from Brooke Jones Brooke are you here this evening to ask your question if not I'm happy to ask it on your behalf Given the huge success of Drag Storytime at Oakley Library, which has already sold out, will Council run this wonderful event again to support and celebrate you? Alex McAllen. Alex, are you here to ask a question this evening? If not, I'm happy to ask it for you. Could Council please provide an update on how risks to safety of LGBTIQA plus people are being identified in risk management processes in line with item 2.1B of the LGBTIQA plus action plan, especially in light of the attacks on the drag storytime event at Oakley Library. And question three in the order received is from Chris Tsionis. Chris, are you here this evening to ask a question? No, I'm happy to ask it for you. Oakley Library is hosting a drag storytime event on 19 May 2023. The audience is one to six year old children. The books being read to the children have safe reading guidelines for four plus years old. What is Council doing to ensure the safeguarding of the one to three year olds at this event who should not be read these books? questions on the theme of drag story time and the answer the combined answer addresses all the questions but as I said each question submitter will receive a written response following the meeting so thank you all for your questions regarding the upcoming drag story time event the drag story time event is scheduled to be held on 19 May to celebrate the International Day against homophobia biphobia and transphobia <laughs> programs that our libraries and other services run each year, many of which target specific communities. Council will continue to provide a range of events and activities across the year which support and celebrate our LGBTIQA plus community and will continue to implement its LGBTIQA plus action plan. As with all our programs, a review will be undertaken after the event. Council undertakes risk assessments Council undertakes risk assessments for its events and works with appropriate staff and organisations to ensure the safety of those who attend any events, including the upcoming story time. Monash Council is committed to child safety and all events and programs. Children are never too young to receive such messages in the 
It's common that entertainers provide different content based upon their audience and the entertainer will be tailoring their presentation accordingly. Attendance is by choice and council staff and of course the parents of the children will be attending. So that concludes the public question time this evening. Shame. Keep them out of our dunnies is all I can say. Sorry, can I just have a bit of order? We've, we've got the remainder of the agenda to get through. I'm happy, we're very happy to have you all here. Um, like a trans agenda. That's right. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. Yeah. So moving on to item 1.1, the town planning service. Can I have a mover, please? Councillor McCluskey, a seconder. Councillor James, any discussion, councillors? If not, I'll take that to a vote. Excuse me. Excuse me, we'll have some order. We're, we're conducting council business. Um, unfortunately, the. Question time has concluded. We've now got the remaining items on the agenda to get through. So I'll move item 1.1 to the vote then. All those in favour? Yeah, so, and like it's really clear in that clip that I just showed that this wasn't about drag queen story no. hour. No. It wasn't. It was transphobic. I feel like taking it off. You are useless. Look at you. It was homophobic. Correct. They have a thing against the LGBTQIA as a movement. Correct. Like it's just hateful. It just does harm. Like it really does harm. And it does harm within their own community. And it does harm within their own families. Because if they believe that no one in their family or no one in their circle of friends or colleagues might be going through something about their gender or their sexual orientation. Imagine being that person That's right. living in a house with these and people. And many people do, don't they? But then there are people in the community who don't have supportive families, so they have they turn to services. There are services out there that provide counselling, that provide them community, mm. those services. I think one of them is called Headspace. and just, just to name one, there's there's quite a few out there. But these people also want to target them and they want to cancel these events and they want to cancel these services because and, and take that away from people who need it too. They're just creating so much damage. And I think the thing that was just so visible to me on the night was you had two groups of people, one group of people that genuinely went there with their hearts open to ask questions about their broader community to make sure that the broader community could have access to safe spaces, that their voices were being heard at council level. That's right, yes. And then you had a group of people who say that they're all about democracy <laughs> and that they're all about, you know, my body, my choice, and they're all about people being free to do what they want, displaying none of that, groaning at questions that they just 
don't like the sound of. Well, the responses from the council. So when the council said that they had they, they were implementing things that being put in place to protect queer and trans and LGBTQIA youth, and like these are safe children, people. They yeah. were scoffing at them. And how dare you try to protect these children? We've received a number of questions <clears throat> regarding council safeguarding children and young people policy. Keeping children and young people safe from harm and abuse is a mandatory training module for all Monash employees under its safeguarding children and young people policy. Noting that the internal policy applies to all children, no specific consolation was undertaken, consultation was undertaken with the LGBTIQA plus community. However, the City of Monash endorsed its first LGBTIQA plus action plan in November 2022. This plan includes an action to build community capacity via community education and training. And consistent with this action, inclusion workshops are facilitated for Monash staff. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for making Monash a safe place. There was a moment in the in the evening where they actually realised that there were a group of allies and LGBTQIA plus people standing at the back of the room. <laughs> The dunny wars. It's dunny wars. That woman just keeps screaming. Where are your morals? And from that point on, they couldn't have given a shit what was happening in that council meeting. They, they were looking backwards they now. They were looking. looking towards that group. <laughs> they were looking towards that group who were just standing there, who were not there for confrontation, not in any way, shape or form, because no. they came in quietly at the end when they were yes. all in there. They didn't go and stand at the front. They didn't go anywhere near them. They stood at the back of the room. They walked so bravely up to ask their questions. It was amazing to see, actually. And I think as well, the other group of people that, you know, were certainly getting a little bit <laughs> directed to them was the police that <laughs> were literally just standing there just in case. They were right in their faces asking them, like, individually, how can you support this? You know, are you a, are you a pedophile protector? And it's yeah. like... My God. And then when the, um, so it's then at the point when they got through all the questions and that part was done, they decided to adjourn the meeting. So then they had the councillors come and then the councillors had to walk through the protesters mm. to make their way to the back. Of course, they were guided by police as well. And then they were getting slurred at, called pedophiles. Question time is too hard. You're a 
I just don't understand. I think I said. I think I said to you at one point there was there was someone near us. I can't even remember who it was who said, "You know, why won't they listen to us? Why won't the council listen to us?" <laughs> and I remember saying to you, "Why would they listen to you? Mm-hmm. Look at how you are acting. Like, why would anyone listen to anyone who's, who's yelling at them, <laughs> yelling, screaming, banging on the glass?" Like they were behaving, it was out of control. And like, and the also the other thing too is like, we're not being heard. We're not being heard. You're bloody well being heard. Like other councils have cancelled drag queen um, story hours because you asked it, or the drag workshop. They got cancelled. You got heard there, heard whatever. I mean, if you're sending out thousands or whoever, how many phone calls and emails, you know, you're being heard. But right. being heard doesn't mean that that person or who the council has to agree with you and yeah. they can still make their decision. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there are other people in your community, you're not the only ratepayers yeah. in that community, yeah. and they are having their say too. So at some point I, I you think, gotta... And I think this is, to be honest, it's the same thing with the bloody people that are showing up every Saturday, right? They genuinely have this misguided belief that they are the 99%. Like that's true. You, you guys aren't. Like you really aren't. And they should know that. You know, when they showed up for Posey Parker, they were outnumbered. Yeah. Three to right. one minimum. Yeah. yeah. Trans day of visibility, thousands of people on the streets. That's right. They are the minority. And as hard as it might be for them to believe, not all the questions that council are going to receive on this issue yeah. are questions going, why are you running it? A lot of the questions are things like, hey, can we do more? Can we have another one? That one yeah. was sold out. And that's right. And that's as we said before, these are really popular. People really like it. Correct. And it is not, if you don't agree with it, then it's not for you. Just because you pay rates doesn't mean that everything the council does has to benefit you. It's to benefit your community. And these people live in your community. And I think it's a really high time that these guys realise that get off their bloody backs because you're actually causing some real damage to people and putting right. people in danger perfect example perfect example walking down Mombulk, right on the weekend darren says how many of you are from Mombulk? not one person puts their hand up right <laughs> yarra rangy shire have had to close their meeting to public entry because of these people who just told us none of them even live in Mombulk. So I question how many of them are even from Yarra Rangers. And all they've done is meant that the actual people who live in Yarra Rangers, who have actual problems with things that the council are trying to implement, are just no longer heard. No, that's it. They just ruin they don't they care. Ruin things for everybody else just to suit themselves. They don't care. No. Nah. Sack them all! Sack them all! Every month, every month, they use the chant every day. It's every month. But let's have a look at Newcastle, where the library actually held a successful 
drag queen story hour after it was targeted by anti-vaxxers and the local My Place group who promised to turn up and protest the event after a campaign of emails and phone calls to pressure them to cancel didn't work. Oh, the drag queen who facilitated this event at the Newcastle Library was Timberlina and boy did I have a fun rabbit hole when exploring her work. She is absolutely fabulous (laughs) and well respected in this space. I could see why the library booked it. One massive thing that was very clear when looking at her work was that she most definitely understands how important it is to ensure her performance is appropriate according to her audience's age. She has story time for kids and story time for adults. And if you're an adult, it's hilarious. Which she makes implicit that what she's about to read Mm. is not suitable for children and to not show it to them. I mean... They're not idiots. <laughs> They're performers. Anyway, look, I, I tell you, these kids and families were in good hands that day and all the negative tropes we have been hearing about it in the freedom circles, that it's grooming, inappropriate, and that the books they read, they read to kids are not age appropriate. Hello, Monica Smith. Uh, we're simply not true. Well, for starters, Timberlina wore an accentuating blonde wig with a full length colourful rainbow chul skirt and a denim jacket. Beautiful. And oh, she looked gorgeous. Oh, amazing. Pictures were just fabulous of her sitting with the children holding up a book. The children looked so happy. They were engaged. What did she read? Well, it was a little bit inappropriate because it had a Ooh. cartoon man in a ballerina dress. Oh, my God. And the gosh. title, How to Be a Real Man. I mean, how Ew. dare they? but the message in this book taught to the kids that day how to be a kind man express your feelings fight for what is right and dress how you want shocking (sighs) i know oh my so inappropriate that's just despicable (laughs) this event was pretty interesting and provided a great example of how allies showing up in support of these events in a positive colorful beautiful way can turn the whole situation around. Despite the efforts or lack of efforts of the protesters that day, they were outnumbered by the community coming out in droves to support Timberlina, the children and this event. And it was super, super successful. Well, we have to fight hate with love and positivity, genuine love and light and all of that. They have bitterness and hate and we've got rainbows and glitter and sequins and bubbles. So who was behind the recent attack on Newcastle Library? Well, it's a mixture of things, really. As mentioned earlier, there is the clash of the Save the Children meets Freedom Movement thing going on. But in Newcastle specifically, this protest was headed up by an anti-vaxxer, Nadine Mm. Sisterston. Nadine was briefly the president of the Australian Vaccination Network that was founded by Meryl Dory. (sighs) Anti-vaxxers. More anti-vaxxers. Here we go. So this is the well-known anti-vax group who drive their vax bus on tours to spread their message against all vaccinations and have been doing that for a couple of decades. So these are like the real anti-vaxxers. I know everyone goes, oh, you're just calling everybody an anti-vaxxer. No, these are bona fide the (laughs) anti-vaxxers. Nadine, who is a member of my place, Newcastle, 
organised for there to be a protest and the My Place Newcastle admin advertised the peaceful protest in the group to garner participants to show up. However, a couple of days before the event, My Place admin put up a post stating that they no longer support the protests, that they believe the issue is nuanced and they will fight it in other ways. But if My Place members wanted to attend, they could. Mm, interesting. Just arm's length. We just need Correct. arm's length. This oh, no, it wasn't us. <laughs> it wasn't us. Look, here, here's, the, here's the thing we put in the thing saying it wasn't us. <laughs> But still, look, they copped a fair bit of backlash and they lost a few members who did not appreciate the soft approach to this issue. (laughs) But Nadine insisted the protest would continue under her watch until the day of the protest, putting out a live video stating she had apparently received threats and had called off the protest. Whether this is true, I can't say. She didn't provide any further details or evidence on that. But So on the day... There were about six (laughs) (laughs) who still decided to go. But when they got there and saw the support that the event had, they kept pretty quiet, eventually driving off to the applause of supporters. Timberlina came outside, thanked everyone, blew them kisses. The children had a great time. Yeah, they did. They had a wonderful time. It went really lovely. So as the debate and harassment campaigns continue to go on and leading up to May 19th, we ask our listeners to get involved by supporting venues who do stand up for the LGBTQIA plus communities. Maybe an appreciation email to Monash or the library. They're getting a lot of hateful stuff. Maybe they should be flooded with people saying thank you. Yeah. Councillors Josh Fergus and Stuart James have been very open and firm on their support. And the performers, Sam Thompson, Timberlina, Frocks Hudson, people who facilitate this service for their community. Let's just love bomb them. Yeah, they're amazing. They're beautiful people. They deserve to be supported. (laughs) And what the response will be on May 19th is still a little bit up in the air, but Newcastle is a great example of how it can go well. Here's hoping for a successful story in Oakley too. But our opinion is that you can certainly have your views around whether you agree with Drag Queen Story Hour and you can have views and opinions around anything that involves children. God knows we all have opinions on raising kids. Look, I'm a little bit over it, to be honest. We judge each other way too much. But you are free to make that choice for your child, threatening, harassing and demanding the cancellation of an event that you are not mandated to attend that the venue agrees with and has organised for the sake of a minority in your community that doesn't involve you. And then forcefully pushing your beliefs and demanding to take that choice away from other parents is actually pretty bloody shit. Shame on you for doing that. Mm. Trans people and performers are genuinely scared and they shouldn't have to be. Children inherently get this stuff and don't actually care. Like You know what I mean? They just want to go and like listen to someone read them a story and then have a dance and sing and go home and go that was really cool and not think about it really much ever again reading a book to a child is really low risk especially when the parents are there 
If you are a member of the LGBTQIA plus community and these events have caused you distress, please reach out to qlife.org.au by phoning 1800 184 this is Goulburn Courthouse. As you can see here is the head of Queen Victoria. You can see the copper top and you can see the imperial crown. As you come down, I want you to pay attention here to the correct Commonwealth coat of arms. But as you can see in the middle, it is a Roman shield. The head is a Roman shield as on the Demolay, as on the Demolay um, logo. Just try and photograph, show you all that. Can you see the Roman head which is right in the middle there? This is the doorway and you can see here their, their pyramids depicted in the filigree of the doorway and of course the flooring is Masonic, the black and white tile. Freemasons control it all. Okay, it's time to uh, get back to how life's going to be once the Governor-General issues those writs. If you remember last episode, we are finished with the public trials and or executions. So it's time to think about what happens after that. And good news is Karen has a plan. Not saying it's a good plan. No, I'm not. <laughs> Definitely not saying it's a good plan. Oh, but here we go. All right. Okay, we're going to start with the education system. I mean, it does need an overhaul. So from now on, kiddies will have to stay home until they're eight. Oh, fuck no. Yep. Sorry, parents. You are stuck with them for an extra three years. Three more years of trying to entertain the little bastards before you can <laughs> ship them off with their ear infections and high temperatures. <laughs> but on the upside, it's three years less of having to put their artwork on the fridge and pretend that it's any good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From ages 8 to 12, all they are going to learn is reading, writing and arithmetic. <laughs> I mean, it's about time. I can't believe the school stopped teaching kids how to read and do basic maths. Same. I think it's disgraceful. <laughs> After that, well, it's time to get them ready for the real world. 12-year-olds will be taught to drive tractors and forklifts. Oh, my God, my daughter would love that. How to do basic mechanical repairs and grow their own food. No STEM subjects will be needed in the new world, which sounds like we are either returning to the actual 1950s or we'll be living in a post-apocalyptic dystopian nightmare where we need to grow our own food and make our own clothes. Yep, that's right. Sewing is back. And you can be darn sure constitutional studies are back too. <laughs> Next up, healthcare. Training will now be done on the ward. And it starts at 16 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> no more classrooms. Just get right into it. Real patients as educational aides. Love it. <sighs> All hospitals will revert back to having full kitchen and laundry facilities because who cares about efficiency? I am fully expecting to see matrons walking around in starched uniforms uh all infrastructure and services will be handed back to us the people roads parks electricity water don't know what that means but it belongs to us again thank god okay. f f boss machines outlawed <laughs> Damn. cash will truly become king 
as all other forms of payment are going to be banned. Not seats. It's going to go back to cash. What about bars of gold? No? Just cash at the stage. All right. Will it have Karen's face on on the coins? (laughs) I hope so. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. And remember all that money we took back from those Freemason Demolay? Well, every person over 18 is getting a share. Woohoo! <laughs> it's a lot of money. <laughs> Yay! Oh, actually, looking forward to this. <laughs> Starting with an, an initial deposit of $250,000. Hooray! Whoop, whoop. And there will be more to come once a team of forensic accountants get to work. Wow. So, these Freemasons, that means they were sitting on a lazy. trillion. (laughs) Wow. By my math of 250,000 for every person 18 and over in Australia. Oh, yeah. A lot of money. In easy, yeah, a lot of of coins and dollar bills. (laughs) I guess that's why they say eat the rich, but we can't have anarchy in the new world. So it's time to set up the new world government. So what's going to happen is that electoral borders will all set up and only people from inside the electorate will be able to restaff police stations, hospitals, schools, newspapers, and prisons. Wait, 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 wait. Let me get this right. So what we're saying is that people will be restricted to working inside their local areas. Hmm. Is there going to be checkpoints, I wonder? (laughs) That's amazing. Like, do they do they realize that they just described a fifteen minute city? <laughs> do they know that's their new? That's do they know, Sandy? Do they know? <laughs> I don't think she has really thought this through. <laughs> and these people in Perth, I've been told, have now seen almost a dozen cars now taken off people by police because the police hold peace, order and good governance of your country in your failure to address what I'm pointing out. While you go and address all the law-tard shit, those cops are coming along and um, taking your property away from you. Just like they did with Wayne Glue's home. Because you can't stand in rule of law. You can't stand in a line of authority that you hold as naked owners of what these government officials administer. Now, let's go and play Lortard and let's be humans and let's play all of this corporation capital name Commonwealth of Australia, lowercase Commonwealth of Australia bullshit, instead of recognising what the order of Australia is and a foreign fucking crown and power in your shit. Ah, the dulcet tones of our king. Talking about the main man, Joe's favourite, the snapping turtle himself, Wingloo. Good afternoon. I'm back. That's right, he's back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Everyone everyone was so excited when he came back, by the way. He's back. So, let's just see what the WA papers had to say. Wayne Kenneth Glue had been charged with inciting another person to commit an indictable offence after allegedly releasing videos on social media where he called on others to arrest government ministers and public officials, including Mark McGowan. Mr Glue had been arrested in February 2022 and pleaded not guilty to the charge in December. 
a large group of supporters of Mr. Glue, a self-proclaimed constitutional expert, could be seen outside Geraldton's courthouse during his numerous appearances throughout 2022 and 2023. At a hearing on April 5th, the charge against Mr. Glue was formally discontinued. According to the Department of Public Prosecutions, it was determined that it was not in the public interest to proceed with the prosecution. I disagree. I'm public and I was interested. (sighs) I am sure no one will be surprised to hear that everything that happened to Wayne was actually unlawful. The arrest was unlawful. The search of his property was unlawful. The removal of his computers was unlawful. All of it. And they will all know all about it soon when he starts to work through how many laws they've actually broken. Can you imagine the day at the magistrate court when they were being allocated cases and you get his case? I can picture the magistrate just banging their head on the wall with all the other magistrates just laughing and heckling. (laughs) So Wayne declared that the case shouldn't be heard in the magistrate's court. It should be heard in the high court and proceeded to lodge 17 pieces of paperwork to try to make that happen. This resulted in him being referred to again as a vexatious litigant. He believes that the police are invalid, the courts are invalid, the parliament is invalid. He just won't stop talking about it. (sighs) When they reach for the dictionary and start saying, let's see what the word policeman means, you know it's time to increase the playback speed on Facebook. By the way, Wayne at faster speed is actually pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) So from the sounds of it, every time he showed up for a mention, he proceeded to pull out a thousand pieces of paper and definition, claims of illegal oaths, treasonous acts. No wonder they withdrew the charges. Imagine having to try and wrangle the snapping turtle in an open court. So he's jumped straight back on the horse, telling people they don't need to vote, that everything is unconstitutional, don't pay your rates. All righty then. (laughs) see who's going to be living down in a van down by the river but don't worry if the cops pull you over because they have no jurisdiction oh man unfortunately someone called one of wayne's claims into question a barrister from south australia queried an award that wayne was given the order of the wattle blossom the what i hear you ask Back in 2016, the Australia First Party decided to introduce an award for fair dinkum Aussies. The criteria for the award was anyone that has displayed a commitment to Australian cultural heritage, national values or anything else that has contributed to the advancement of European-derived civilization. I don't think I need to know much about the Australia First Party to know what they stand for. But unfortunately, I couldn't find any other winners of the award. So I don't know whose company Wayne is actually standing in. But he obviously feels very strongly about it as he put up a 20-minute video on this one subject. Oh, God. He has put up that many videos in the past couple of weeks that it's actually hard to keep up with him. But there does seem to be a trend in the videos. He's doing like mad react videos to any comment that he doesn't like on the previous video. Oh, God. I think it's his equivalent to a diss track, but it just doesn't (laughs) have the same energy as Eminem versus Machine Gun Kelly. Lift your game, old man. (laughs) 
And that concludes our News and Views episode today. We've unfortunately had so much going on that we have only been able to commit to our shorter News and Views episodes and haven't been able to work on any deep dives. This pivot, though, has been pretty rough, even just to observe it all. Sending so much love to the LGBTQIA community right now. Just keep glowing. It's just disturbing and it just makes you, just makes me feel sad just sad it makes me want to like stand up and do something seriously i've watched this for three years and we've done a podcast we've done all the things but this particular thing actually makes me want to be like i'm gonna go down there yeah this is bullshit but anyway but thanks for listening hey tell your friends that we've got a podcast give us a plug on twitter it really is hard to try and get more people to give us a listen and we think it's important that people hear what's going on Like, I I really do. I think the more people that can understand what's actually happening, whether it be around what my place are doing, try and get people involved in council, local issues, LGBTQIA plus community. I I just think more people need to know what's happening. So please, as usual, you can find us on Twitter, SunnySandyL and Sauce149. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. And so Tucker did a speech at the Heritage Club last week and he just laid it out. He did not hold back. And to me, at the end of that speech, I saw the speech before he was fired. And even then I was thinking, boy, boy, he is not holding back. He's giving it to them. And of course, when he gets fired, then I thought, oh man, that's like he did it on purpose. He was having one last dig. He was betting them to fire him, right? And I think possibly the reason is, and this is just my guessing, it's it's not based on any fact, it's not based on any evidence, but when I was looking at different things, something jumped out at me. A few days earlier, President Trump was at a rally or somewhere, he was at a factory or something, and he bought all the people pizza. And he was saying, who would like to share some pizza with me? Right? Pizza. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever, because he's often buying junk food. He often buys McDonald's and things like this. So he's buying pizza. Two days later, Tucker Carlson's very last episode on his show, he invites in a pizza delivery guy and has pizza with him. And of course, for me, that knows about a lot of the stuff that's going on in the background, to me, that was like a massive, hello, pizza. And I think people misunderstood when I was posting this, leaving cryptic messages, because, you know, there's a lot of people who want to ban me. Um, I believe that Trump and Carlson, and possibly even Alex Jones, are working together, and they've got some bombshell evidence around Pizzagate. Right now, I don't know this for a fact. I'm, I'm just trying to put things together. But when I saw the pizza r- relationship, straight away I'm thinking Pizzagate.